or Unix. Yeah, yeah, or Unix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, hi, Av. And so, in effect, um, is this the start? We, we, will, we will be with you in 30 seconds. We're just in the middle of a conversation about castration of all things. <laughs> um, and he says that when, when Paul uses that sort of language, he's almost, rather than it being strong and, and, and shocking in, in nature, he's saying you may as well start a different religion. You may as yes. well go back to right. what that religion is rather than this new Christianity and gospel-centered message of grace which he's been proclaiming. It's, it's quite that, oh, right. It kind of normalizes a bit, doesn't it? Like, oh, okay, he's, he's speaking to that culture. And he's, he's, mm. he's clearly pointing out to um, their religious teachers or adherents or mm. holy men who, um, who were, were eunuchs. Mm. And there's so much more than that. There's the stuff on the cross. His insights on the cross are some of the best insights on the mm. cross that I've ever... That I've read. Well, we'll get we'll really that a little bit. We'll Sorry, come back, we'll come back to Sorry, it. Sorry, really strange start to uh, really different, not strange, different start. We've been in a conversation about Tom Holland's book, A Dominion, which we are big fans of. I've been reading it, Christine's got it lined up. Uh, Matt's probably already read it and memorized it. Um, but welcome to season five, episode two of Live Lunch. We are in our preaching series in Matthew called Paradox, where we're looking at at statements which on the surface might seem contradictory but yet proclaim great truth uh, doxology um, about well, God and Jesus in this instant um, yeah so welcome it's pancake it's uh, Shrove Tuesday Shrove Tuesday so we should have had pancakes but instead uh, we've got sandwiches from the wonderful Villas Cafe which is based in the in this building where we have our studio um, what's your favourite pancake toppings? When I was a kid, I went to someone's house and like, I'd only ever had like pancakes as a sweet like pudding thing. And I went to someone's house and it was pancake day and they were like, yeah, let's have pancakes with like sausages and that sort of thing. And I was like, that's actually quite nice. So sausages. Sausage. So I'm like, I love sausages. So yeah. like pancake, that's, that's yeah. Just sausages on pancake. With some maple syrup or just sausage and pancake? Well, I had a mixture of stuff. Yeah. So it's a mixture of savory and sweet. Wow. Well, there you go. Christine, any particular... Oh, I just like plain old lemon and sugar. Classic. Oh, classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My friends at Three Stack, they do this amazing pulled pork um, uh, pancake. Mm. So it's pork pancake pork. with pulled pork and a dollop of sour cream uh, and some other assortment tea bits chucked in there. It's amazing. They've taken it off the menu, much to my disappointment and frustration. It was but, too good, was it? Well, it was they, evidently, I was, only, I was only yeah, going to get Maybe after this, there'll be like yeah. increased Please demand. Bring, back, bring it, bring pork, it back. Pancakes. Petition. Three but stack. I, but I did manage to get some pulled pork off them in bulk. So I've got, well, it's, I'm collected it, but I've got a, a stash of pulled pork <laughs> in my freezer. That's a great story. Which will then go to my own pancakes. So I'm sure with my pancakes, I don't know they will have the pulled pork in time. But. Let us know how that goes next week. Yeah, yeah. Feedback. I think, I think th- tonight with the family, we might go for the more traditional toppings. So, um, sweet. Oh, you're not going to in, induct your kids into the... Because I don't have pancake. the pork pokers yet. Oh, okay. Oh, but I might try sausages because my kids love sausages. Yeah, who doesn't? Sausages and syrup. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Go for it. Christine's looking like, why are we even talking about this? It's not interesting in the least. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just remembering uh, once I had a, a pancake stack that was layered with, like, chilli mints and then cheese sauce over the lot. Oh, and it ends up like a big cake that you cut into. That's very yeah, nice. Where did you yeah. have that? Yeah. Was it in France? No, no, no. No, it's in my own home. Oh, wow. oh right. Okay. Is this a it. Sam Lydiard special? No, it's not a Sam Lydiard special. <laughs> <laughs> His speciality is steak. Yeah. Oh, um, right, okay. That sounds really interesting. Steak could be good on pancakes, isn't it? So pancake with chilli, more pancakes, and cheese. 
dripping all mm. over it. I think I'll try that tonight now. So your, your sausage has been relegated. Let's crack on with talking about the preach. Um, enjoy your pancakes and happy Shrove t- Tuesday. Why do we celebrate Shrove, Shrove Tuesday? Enlighten me. You know what? My four-year-old son asked me that yesterday. Great. Well, Christy, don't correct me if I'm wrong, which I probably will be. But isn't it because isn't it, it's the beginning of Lent? Oh, uh, okay. So Lent is a time of simplicity and preparation before Easter. So you use up the butter and the, you know fatty stuff oh. that you have in your larder or whatever yeah. <laughs> uh, to make pancakes and then you know lent a time of fasting and yeah. preparation that's my understanding yeah yeah Reuben was satisfied with that answer as well so I'm satisfied with that answer that sounds great um, you preached on um, Matthew chapter 11 yeah um, do you want to do a quick summary of the preach whilst I dig into the villa's toasted sandwiches you go for it so it's quite a uh, as is often the case with this, this series quite strong teaching from jesus and in it he is um uh, really judging uh, the people that he's been ministering to for uh, a, a long while and um uh, yeah condemning them saying that they've uh, rejected him uh, because he's not quite fitted into what they wanted they they pick out aspects of his life like his association with uh, sinners in in their eyes <clears throat> and um, for that reason that even though he's done many miraculous things and taught them great truths that they have not given their hearts to him not really accepted him uh, as as the as the messiah and uh, so i was unpacking that idea saying we kind of read that and thinking well if jesus turned up uh, um, in front of us and did miracles and that sort of thing we would be compelled and of course maybe we would uh, accept him quite readily and any, anyone in this in this in our city uh, today might say the same thing but actually what is going on there is that people uh, are the same then as they are today that actually when God comes into the world and God comes uh, reveals himself to us um, it's very easy for us to dismiss him because we have hearts that instinctively don't want God we don't want God's intervention because there's something at stake because if God is God if Jesus is God there's implications for us that actually we can't carry on living our lives with us at the centre we have to look to him as saviour and accept him as saviour lord uh, king over our lives and that is difficult for us to do because instinctively without the power of God without God's transforming grace in, in our lives um, we, we want to be all those things king and lord and, and call the shots in our lives um, and, and, and be selfish in that way but God's compassion uh, comes to us and, and the, the good news is that Jesus has come to bring uh, heart transformation and that is, um, that's, that's, that's what we need really. So it was, it was a message about um, letting God be God. We have an idea of like this is what God should be like or this is what God should do. Uh, I want God on my terms. That was what the people uh, had in mind. Jesus doesn't quite fit, so I'm just going to keep him at arm's length. But we do that as well. Even as Christians, we can if God doesn't do what we want him to do or seem to fit in with our agenda, it's easy for us to struggle to trust God or keep God at arm's length or, or just get frustrated and bitter uh, about it rather than accepting that God is God. Okay, whatever happens in life, he is still God and actually learning to follow him and trust his plan, which he does promise will be a blessing to us. It's not that, you know, to, to follow God, it's going to be... 
you know, a life of, of pain and misery. Uh, no, God, there's amazing promises that He will bless us, mm. but it's on His terms. Uh, and sometimes we have to go through difficult seasons mm. and be patient uh, and, and trust God's path that He's leading us down. Um, and that's not something that's easy, particularly mm. to do. I don't know whether I heard this quote. Maybe it was someone preached last week or, or something that I read recently where it says the 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 path to um, to God is through the cross, and and that you have to encounter the cross, and you have to encounter, um, I guess, difficulty and hardship and death, but whether it's to to desire and to yourself and to ambition before you actually encounter mm-hmm. who God is, and and you can't avoid the cross to get to who God is. I certainly think that it's definitely to to come to God in the first place. We have to be humbled, and none of us like being humbled. Uh, we instinctively, as I say, sinfully, without God's intervention, build ourselves up. We want to do the opposite of being humbled. Uh, but then Jesus comes into the world and says, "If anyone you know come after me, take up your cross and follow me." Like, yes, we have to embrace. Yes, we have to embrace Christ's sacrifice on the cross and and say, I need that, I need forgiveness. Uh, But also recognizing that, yeah, that means I don't have what it takes. Mm. I'm a weak person. I'm a sinful person that needs God's grace. And it's often uh, quite shocking and unexpected for the Christian, myself included. Well, largely me, I'm I'm happy to say that. Is when you you do encounter those death moments, you're like, I shouldn't be, this shouldn't be happening. I'm a child of God and everything should be perfect. Yeah, well, I think that uh, a lot of us think like that. We think that, well, if God loves me, then he will make sure everything is okay. I will be happy. I will be prosperous. I will be healthy. Whatever it is, we have this kind of rosy notion of what life should be like. But the Bible actually doesn't teach that. You know, even in Ecclesiastes, it says there's going to be time for tears there's going to be time for mourning so and we know that jesus or in the in the letters it says when you're sick get somebody to pray for you. it's not that these things won't happen but it's that we we have god with us in those things mm. but i think when those things happen particularly the big things that's when it forces mm. us mm. to think do i really believe that god is good mm. Mm. and I think that thing is is so important and something that we don't necessarily recognise I I, in my life a lot of the time don't recognise it Um, that thing of well if God God if you love me then surely you answer this prayer surely Mm. if you love me you'll make this thing all better you'll help me to uh, avoid difficulty in my life and you can see the logic in that um it's like god if you love me essentially what you're saying god if you love me you'll get on board with my agenda and do what i want but actually even in the logic of it you can turn that around and say well at the end of the day god is god and we are not god Mm. so should you know isn't god within his rights to say if you love me you need to get on board with my agenda which is essentially one part of what god does say to us he says come into my story come into following me coming come into my way it'll be benefit to you it'll be a blessing to you yeah. but it is my agenda and so often even, even instinctively even when we don't recognize we're doing it we're thinking oh you know and the, the symptoms of it is if if um god doesn't do seemingly what we want him to do well i'm not gonna show love to god i'm not i'm not gonna worship god i'm gonna be frustrated with god i'm not gonna worship you know and and uh, honor god with my life and maybe we start making decisions that are not faith decisions and think well god's not got me out of this hole so i'm just gonna make my own way through um but but we're we're holding god at arm's length in that sense and he's the 
the one that can bring about change and, and transformation. And even that thing of what we're in doing that, what we're ultimately saying is that the goal of my life is, you know, here's he, here's what I want. The goal is me being happy, me being comfortable. Yeah. When those when things that come in life that don't make us happy and comfortable, we say, God, well, this is the goal of my life. So why are you not doing those things that get me there? Um, but actually, when we become a Christian, we realize we, we, we've submitted our right to have a goal, really, to, to say, I can define what success is like in my life. If you come to Christ, that thing of take up your cross, it's like saying, okay, I'm laying down my goals. Okay, life is not about my promotion it's a, and, and my ambition. It's about God. Mm. And making his goals, my goals, kind of puts everything else in perspective. Yeah. So when we do you know, hit those difficult times... You think, okay, yes, it's still painful, it's still difficult, but actually you can see, okay, maybe God's using this to bring about my sanctification. Maybe he's bringing about so I can get to know him more. Maybe he's bringing about so I can, in that place of difficulty, minister to others and show others the love of God, Mm. and which are things that are high up on God's agenda, but may necessarily not be high on our agenda uh, before we we come into that understanding. And often those things come at, at the cost of your... Your, your happiness or your mm. immediate sorry your immediate satisfaction rather or your immediate well-being could be there have been painful situations when it says God works we you know that in all, in all things God works for the good of those who called um, called mm. to him um, is there some of those moments that we have are extraordinarily painful and difficult we've just got to and, and not just me lots of people we know have been through difficult situations and yes they've been able to use that situation to then minister to other people but it's been painful and mm-hmm. it's been costly. Yeah. And we've just got to trust God with that process, saying, well, God, you're their, you're their father as well, and you're my father, and you could lead us through this. I think it's just really hard when you say you've just got to trust God. <laughs> yeah. That mm. is really is tough hard, at those times. Mm. And um, I'm going to say a bit about my own situation, yeah, tough, yeah. that um, I had uh, breast cancer a while ago. And um, I, they were, I think for me it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, lots of things you know, does God really love me kind of stuff. But it was a fear as well in the moment that that is really difficult to deal with. But it, it, it was through holding on to the fact that God loves me and that whatever happens to me um, is, is going to be for my good in the end. Mm-hmm. Holding on to that actually helped with the fear mm. in the moment. Mm. Because, you know, I was thinking about, you know, it talks about Jesus Christ being the same yesterday and tomorrow, that actually God loved me yesterday, he loved me today, and he will love me tomorrow. And actually, if I, if I, can, if I can believe that, not just with my head, but my heart, and I know that's hard sometimes, and sometimes it takes just speaking the truth, doesn't mm-hmm. it, to mm-hmm. ourselves. And I was doing that during that time, just saying... God loves me and he's good and I'm mm. going to hold on to that. Mm. But the temptation is to think, oh, I'm not going to see my grandchildren, I'm not going to do, you know, all sorts of other things flood our minds. And I think, you know, it's just so important to hold on to truth. Mm. Mm. And I think the times that we live in accentuate this problem even more in terms of the, us having a vision for the plan of our life 
what what it's going to look like, um, because actually, in so many ways, especially for young people, that you have the illusion that we're so much more in control. We can de- we're encouraged from a young age to determine our own destiny, choose your career path. You know, you can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. It's all, all the world is at your fingertips, and, and and technology, and you know, over the last few decades, have made that increasingly popular, um, um, increasingly Multiple accessible, yeah. accessible yeah. to do that. But so much of it is an, is an illusion because we we realise when we hit these types of things. Oh wait a minute! I'm not actually in control. Mm. I, I we get the illusion of controls because we can control so many things from from the palm of our hand, literally with a with a smartphone. But we can't control these things. And when these come, we don't have a framework to deal with it because we thought oh, I was in I was in control. And then the instinct might be to oh, I'm going to control. I'm going to do this situation really well. It's going to be all about me. Um, but but learning to recognise actually. Life is not in our hands; it's in God's hand. And, and the th- thing is, none of us actually—I don't know—none of us, none of us choose the path that our life goes on. I mean, if, if we were to set out and say, "Right, this is what my life is going to be like," none of us would choose illness. None of us would choose grief or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yet, we do get surprised mm. when they when they come along. You know, so, so sim- in, in in my situation, so my mum died last last year, and then so that just you know, for me, that was just that was opened up a big thing in my life about disappointment. I've got to a stage. I'm in early thirties, um, and my, my life is only thirties. Like, oh. You? I don't know, <laughs> Not 30s. like twenty four. No, I don't know. yeah, moisturise, mate. That's what you got to do. Um, that, all the carbs <laughs> gone, mate. That you're yeah. <laughs> trying to make a serious point here. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> no, sorry. It's fine. Um, and you think, well, I've got to this stage of my life. When you are in your twenties, you think, well, this is what my life's going to be like. This is what I'm going to. And then you get into your thirties, and you think, oh wait, these things have not worked out the way I wanted. I wouldn't have chosen this path to go down. And for me, it's like you know, I preach this message, and I'm really, you know, I am definitely preaching it to myself uh, first of all, as much as preaching to anyone else, because you have to make that decision. Mm. Mm. Am I going to live this and walk down this path that God has for me, or I'm going to? try and keep manipulating situations or try and avoid pain as much as possible to, to make my life more comfortable. Mm. Um, but that's just a very frustrating path. And actually, but it, it is, it's, it's, I'm still dealing with it now. I'm working through that now. Okay, am I actually going to let God be God in my life? Am mm. I going to accept what comes from his hand, both the good and, and the, the, the evil that he allows to come and, and walk through? suffering and walk through pain and that sort of thing but all the time yeah. clinging on to God because it is and at the times of the last, last year I've got yeah frustrated with God or just didn't just didn't want to pray just didn't mm-hmm. want to draw close to God because it's it's painful I'm drawing close to a God who's allowed this pain to come in mm-hmm. my life that is hard it's hard to, to, how, to how do how did you deal with that because that, that is a well I'm, I'm still I'm still I'm still dealing with it so, I, so when, I, when you're praying and you're saying God I'm coming I, you know you've got to go before God who's allowed something horrible to happen to you and say but you made it happen you allowed it I totally believe in your sovereignty I totally believe in your ability to heal yeah. bodies and you've let my mum die and I hate and I hate that that's happened how do you then turn that back into worship I think a, a lot of it what it what it reveals and has been what God has revealed in my life is I think there's a lot of things that um, I thought I was entitled to um, from God, you know, if I if I um, you know follow His way, if I you know 
give my life to serve the church and you know, make him a priority in these different areas, then therefore I'm, I'm entitled to stuff. I'm entitled to a level of comfort. I'm entitled to a family life that is really satisfying and rich and, and every day is just a joy to, you know, I think I held those entitlements. And then it's when one of those things gets taken away, you realize that that entitlement was was there. Um, but also you, when you realize it was an entitlement, um, you think, okay, well, where did that come from? What did is this something that God has promised me that I can hold on, to, or or is it something that I just think, well, I I'm in, I'm entitled to that, um, because God does not. Uh, it's difficult truth that is one of the wrestling, but God doesn't owe us anything, um, and so everything that we have is is a blessing for me. And again, that came across in in the, in the preacher a little bit about sometimes we can when big things happen like that you can so easy to focus on them completely and let them completely cloud well not cloud but fill your gaze to forget about what god has done and Mm -hmm. i said in the preach like god you have to um try and see things correctly as you know from what the way that the bible lays out that whatever god gives to us and takes away from us or it seems like that what he has given to us in christ still outweighs that Uh, it's always he's always given us more because yes okay he's taken away um, my mum but at at the same time i had you know um, all all my life up to that point you know she was amazing blessing to me so that there is there is that blessing that's a blessing from god but also even without her what i have in christ is is much greater than anything else in life and it's it's just it is a it is a battle Mm. it's a battle of the mind it's a battle of faith to live in the good of that and some days i'm you know, honestly, better than other days at doing that, because you don't worship. You don't worship. You know, I'm worshiping you, God, because you've you've taken this away. You worship God for who He is and for what He has done, and the gospel, and 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 we see that clearly in in what Jesus has done for us. That's our reason to worship. Mm-hmm. How I'm feeling in a moment, it goes changes from day to day. And if we're just worshiping God because we, we we feel close to God or we feel that God's done us well today, um, it might go up and down. But you, we so it's the battle to look at the reasons for worship that are found in God, not found in my circumstance. And that's you know you you learn that from all the characters in the Bible that have been in the pit of difficulty. They remind themselves of what God has done. Um, and there's a lot of people in the Bible and also a lot of people in life that have suffered mm. way more than I have, but yet they found reason in God to worship. Um, I, I know we, we hadn't planned any of this <laughs> section, and thanks for being so honest right. and vulnerable with us uh, through what must have been a really, and probably still is a, is a painful um, situation. But if if people who are are, are looking in or are watching this bit, and, and that's, their, that's their situation where... They're just struggling with just difficult, like bad stuff that's happened to them, losing a loved one, or they're going through personal illness, mm-hmm. or financially things that are, are really hard, and, and just a, either not seeing God deliver or not the de- the deliverance that they wanted. Like the person's gone. Um, what would be like the the top thing or the top two or three things that you that you'd say to them, which would help them in their prayer life? Well, I, I'd say number one, keep talking. Yeah. Keep talking. Keep talking to God, even if it's angry thoughts, even if it's tearful, even if it's accusatory, because He can take it. But you're keeping the 
communication going. So often our tendency is to step back and we're the ones who become silent but interpret it as God isn't there Mm. Um, when we're actually sort of pushing him away by not maintaining that relationship. So Mm. I would say do that and, and also if... If you can't verbalise it, journal it, anything, mm. just keep talking, let it, let it be mm. a prayer to God. It's what the psalmist did. They talk about, how long, God, is this going to go on for? Mm. All my enemies are against me and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm. it, it's quite okay to do that. And I think there's, sometimes there's just a season of doing that. And I think as, as well, talking, talking to others as well, yeah. I think that's, that's it's, it. You know, we talked about it last, last term, didn't we, with the, the anxiety series. Sometimes when uh, stuff happens that's really difficult to deal with, some, for some, the temptation is to withdraw in on themselves and withdraw away from other people, away from church community, because they, you know, for whatever reason, uh, that might be the instinct. But the instinct, but that is the that is the exact opposite, you know, thing to do. Because so, actually, what's helped me is other people asking me about it, encouraging me to talk about it, uh, exploring what I'm going through with other people. Sometimes you don't understand what you're going through mm. when it's just all in your head all the time. And actually you need someone who's come in a little bit objective to say, what do you think about that? How are you feeling? What's your emotions been this week? You know, How are you connecting with God this week? Having someone else ask you those questions gets you to verbalise it and order your thoughts and, and realise. And, you know, again, what I said on, on Sunday, we need one another to help us point each other to to God when we yeah. can't see him for ourselves and and so that's why even just being there I said it a few weeks ago when I preached now that I need to be on church on a Sunday when I don't feel like worshiping mm. God but as a community that is what we're doing mm. and then I, it's, I can step in on because on my own it's, it's so much harder for me to be but I, you know Sometimes it's hard to, to sing to sing to God but I know I can I can physically get myself to church and when I get myself to church, and I'm around a community that is worshiping God, and it's, it's not going through the motions. It's being encouraged by the faith of those who are walking this journey with you and around you, and say, "Okay, yes, there'll be times in, in a Sunday service that you are finding things really difficult, and you can barely open your mouth to speak." But actually, being there and being in a community of faith is what is going to lift mm-hmm. your head and keep you going and keep you um, trying to connect with God, um, and that's that's really important. You know, because in all this, like you, you recognise, you know, when, when, especially when we face discouragement and difficulty, it's not like the the enemy just oh, I'll give them an easy ride then, no. because they're they're in a dark place. It's like no, this is it's a field day because mm. he, the, the enemy he's an he's an accuser, he's going to lie to us about God, um, and and make us make us feel worse and, and use it as an opportunity and and that's the thing it's it's, it's always a, a, a battle as a battleground of faith but actually we can help one another in that and by surrounding ourselves with other people who are going to speak truth to us that is going to counteract the lies that we will feel um, and and think if especially if we are isolated. Mm. Brilliant. So I think I think going back to this scripture, you know, these people saw Jesus um, performing miracles, and they they still didn't repent. Um, that I, I was just thinking about how um, we we want to be gods of our own lives. We really, you know, and then thinking about how silly that is when the God of the universe is is so intimately involved in our lives, and He's the one who has 
our best at heart, all that kind of thing. And we just, if we're trying to always dictate how things should be, we're trying to be God. Mm-hmm. And But what kind of God are we? Because I, I, we're not like him. And I think that's why we, we just have to keep going back to the the blessings that we've had and, and what we know of him. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so often at difficult times, we we tend towards a warped view of what he's like. But actually, that's... Just wrong, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. That he he never changes. He's always the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same as when he saved us. And we were just talking earlier about, you know, the biggest miracle that's happened for us is that we're saved. Mm-hmm. That we're mm-hmm. in a family mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. now. And yet some of these things can become so familiar. Yeah. And, um, and then something big comes along and they kind of lose their sense of blessing to us. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we planned a completely different episode, and we've landed on at a very, very special mm. place. Thank you. Did you want to say? Sorry, did you want to say anything? No. Well, I have <laughs> questions, <laughs> but we have run out of time. Um, thank you. That's all right. That's really uh, just, I'm still processing uh, and still impacted. Yeah, because I, I know this isn't this is this is truth that that comes through mm. having walked through the cross, haven't you? You have walked through the furnace of, of difficulty. I've my my life's been fairly simple so far and fairly pain free. Thank you, Jesus. But the stuff that you say just comes in with no. We we've we've been through a lot. It adds a weight and it adds a dimension to what you've just shared. So thank you so much for just being vulnerable and um, and and sharing your journey. And I I pray and I believe that this will this will really serve people who who are looking in and. And just having their lives impacted instead, which is why we do what we do. There you go. And we Thank love you. Jesus, don't we? Yeah, no. Thanks so much for tuning into this uh, episode uh, and have a great pancake day. Enjoy your pancakes, which seems so trivial now. Uh, and we'll see you next week for the next episode of Live Lunch.